This is an Equity Bates Media podcast. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Talk money to me. Hello and welcome to Talk Money To Me, your financial podcast where we explore the markets, investable ideas, and chat to industry experts to help you navigate your money in the markets. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Candace Burke. And I'm Felicity Thomas. Now, if you're tuning in for the very first time, you're in for a special treat. In collaboration with the guys over at Equity Mates, we're going to uncover the unknown small cap companies and to delve exactly into what they do, what sets them apart from their competitors, and ultimately help investors learn more about this sector of the market. Now, we all know small caps have been out of favor over the last couple of years due to macro conditions. However, we're very excited for the small cap industry and to share a small cap growing company in the medical technology space, Imracor. Imracor Medical Systems is the first and only company to bring products to the catheter ablation market that are commercially viable for the first time ever and safe in ICMR products. Now the code on the ASX is IMR and before we get into our conversation, here are some really quick stats on the business for you. So market cap today is just under 100 million right now. The stock price had a 52 week high of 84 cents and a low of 52 weeks of 18 cents. The IPO was back in 2018 at an IPO price of 85 cents. And now before the pandemic, they grew actually the market cap to almost 300 million. So this is a classic story of COVID stopping the business growth and production right in its tracks, and now they're on the brink of commercialization. And now we do know that the company is currently trading under its IPO price, uh, which could be seen as a bargain for investors. Now, our guest today is the CEO of Imracor, Steve Whedon, who actually began his career as an electrical engineer, then went into designing MRIs. Now, he has been very influential in this groundbreaking technology, as there were originally only three known hazards that caused death when patients had a high device while using MRIs and Steve actually identified the fourth hazard. Well done Steve that is really a groundbreaking advancement in medical tech because essentially he found a technical solution for a medical problem. Now before we get into our conversation with Steve as always guys a reminder just quickly that today's conversation is not to be considered as personal advice as even though we are registered financial advisors at Shore and Partners Please note that this podcast and the content discussed does not constitute financial advice, nor is it a financial product. Everything discussed is based on the facts known at the time of recording, which is the 14th of September, 2023. With that, let's bring you our conversation with Steve. Hi, Steve. We're so excited to have you on Talk Money to Me for our very first Uncovered episode. Oh, thanks very much for having me. I'm super excited. So, Steve, can you provide a brief overview of Imracor's mission and the core values that guide the company? Sure. Yeah, our, our mission is, is pretty straightforward. We're, we're aiming to change the standard of care in interventional medicine away from procedures that are guided by x-ray fluoroscopy, the way they have been since uh, interventional medicine was invented, 
to 21st century image guidance using MRI to guide these procedures rather than the x-ray. That's our mission, really, a worldwide standard of care change. In, in, in terms of core values, you know, we've, we've got a few that, that we like to, to talk about. First, we, we focus on people, uh, meaning our patients, our physicians, medical personnel, customers. We focus on our teammates. We focus on ourselves, make sure that we're all doing well. Uh, and from that standpoint, then we, we, we work hard and we're trying to do good in the world. That's really the, the core values of Emory. What sets IMR apart from its competitors in the medical tech and cardiac ablation market, Steve? We'd love to hear about this. Well, in general, for interventional medicine, x-ray pr- provides you, x-ray fluoroscopy provides you the ability to see where your device is inside the patient, but you can't see the soft tissues of the patient, uh, the things that you're actually trying to address, those types of uh, anatomy. So what MRI offers is the ability to both see your catheters and see your devices, but also see the the heart that you're trying to work on, or the liver that you're addressing, or or some tumor that's somewhere in the patient. And so in terms of cardiac ablation, we expect that for especially complex ablations, for procedures like atrial fibrillation or ventricular tachycardia, that we can deliver faster, much better, uh, and safer procedures, all uh, in in an environment that's radiation-free for both the patient and, and the physician. And because we can do a faster procedure and a better procedure, meaning fewer redo procedures, that results in an overall healthcare benefit too. So lower cost per patient for those treatments. That's really interesting. So, I mean, how has Imricor's performance evolved over the past few years? I mean, what are key factors really driving the growth behind the company? So we unfortunately launched our products just before COVID lockdowns began, uh, literally a month before uh, all of our customers uh, shut down their operations and stopped doing these types of procedures for a couple of years. So that was a difficult time. We just paused our sales, but we did keep going on all the product development that we knew we had to do behind the scenes for the following couple of years, which today uh, sets us up with big inflection points that we had anticipated um, would be now, and, and they are now. So we're, we're relaunching our sales, after COVID, but also we're in a position now to expand our indications and expand our geographies. And those are the two strategic pillars that we've been building on since our IPO, uh, you know, several years ago. You know, we love hearing about inflection points for companies uh, because it can really be a huge, huge driving factor uh, for you. And I think it's a really exciting time. Interesting timing that you had to stop everything (laughs) right before COVID as well. That's a shame, Uh, but it's good to see everything's kind of normalized for you now. Yeah, it is. It's a pretty good time. We've spent now the first half of the year uh, rebuilding the momentum that we had going into the pandemic, uh, setting sort of the first half of the year as a baseline for uh, future reporting as we, as we move forward. But the two things that we really wanted to do, and we've been talking about since the very beginning, were to, uh, one, expand our indications. And an indication is the type of arrhythmia that you can treat or the type of, uh, of heart disease that you can treat with our catheters. You always start with something simple, and then you grow to more complex ablation procedures. And those more complex procedures are, of course, the ones where MR adds the most value. But that means more product development, uh, lots more devices, more partnerships, and that's all the stuff that we did during the pandemic. So we're set up now, really, to do the things in 2023 that we had intended to do in 2023 when we got started. And the second thing that's important is, is expanding our geographies. We started our commercialization efforts in Europe. But now we're beginning an FDA trial for, for approval here in the United States. We're nearing the very end of TGA approval in Australia. 
We've expanded to the Middle East. So all these things are coming to fruition uh, right at the right time. So as we grow our our, um, our sales will also be uh, exploding in many other ways. It's great. That's really exciting to hear because as we all know, you know, the, the globe does really suffer from chronic heart disease, um, which is one of the leading causes of death. So what you're doing is really fantastic and exciting medical technology. So we understand, you know, with those building blocks that you've just outlined, that you're really still in the early stages of the company and the growth. But I guess from an investor's point of view, what milestones or financial metrics um, can you communicate to us that really sets out you know the growth and the performance for the company in the next five to ten years yeah two really uh, near-term and and uh, impactful milestones that are very specific are two clinical trials that we're beginning one is called visible VT and that is our expanding indications to ventricular tachycardia ablations that's we're doing that in Europe and the second is called visible AFL which is our global clinical trial to support FDA approval and launch in the US. And we have approval to start both of those trials and we're looking to initiate them uh, really in the coming weeks. So it's, it's, uh, those are really two very tangible short-term milestones. Beyond that, you know, we will continue to grow our installed base, grow our, our procedures that we're performing so that as we get these new indications, uh, all these doctors can take advantage of them right away. Okay, so what I'm hearing here is investors should really be looking out for an announcement with regards to their FDA approval. So that's really exciting. Is am I right here? I, so the start of the clinical trial will be the first thing that will that will announce. And yeah, and there's two clinical trials. One VT, honestly, that's that's the thing that's that's breaking medical ground. We are doing for the first time a ventricular tachycardia ablation, which is a very complex, very difficult procedure. And we're bringing the value of MR to that procedure. So unlike where we started with a simple ablation procedure, we showed that you can do that procedure in MR, that you can do it a little bit faster, you can do it with the same effectiveness, you can do it with the same cost, but now we're gonna show that we can do something much, much better than was, was possible before. And it's VT, these are the reasons why I started a company. I, I didn't start this company to do atrial flutter ablations, but that's where you have to start. So now this is really, for me, uh, like a dream come true. We are we are just about to do something um, that we had envisioned 17 years ago, which is uh, it's a pretty fantastic thing for, for us to be experiencing. Yeah, it sounds like a very exciting time for the company. Could you share with us, Steve, some you know your perspective, I guess, on current trends um, in the cardiac ablation and medical technology industry? I mean, does Imrico have any uh, competition, and how are you positioned to capitalize on these trends? Well, it's interesting when you say competition. Now, of course, there, there are companies that make ablation devices, but everybody else makes ablation devices for use in these conventional x-ray labs. Once we move a customer into an ICMR lab, and we call that an interventional cardiac magnetic resonance lab, it's essentially the same lab, but has an MRI in it instead of an x-ray. Uh, once we move them into that, we have no competition in that lab. But there are some trends that we're, that we're keeping an eye on, and we've always kept an eye over the last 17 years, you know, Lots of little things have come and gone. Uh, we've been very careful not to be too distracted by every little fad that comes through. But, but we've always said when something is real and doctors could use it, we'll implement that in our technology as well. And those two things are, one, AI. Everybody's implementing AI across medicine. And when we talk about bringing the value of MRI to these procedures, we've got what's called our North Star 3D mapping system. It takes real-time MRI images, makes 3D geometries from that. It guides the, the everything in three dimensions. It's really cool. But we're putting AI now into that system that will bring all of the value that, that MR uh, can offer to those procedures. 
And the second thing is a little obscure, but, but if you read about cardiac ablation, you'll read a lot lately about pulsed field ablation. It's a different type of energy source than the, the energy source that folks have used in the past. We think that that actually has some legs and we think it's valuable. So we'll be making devices that deliver uh, pulse field ablation energy, the same as we deliver RF energy today. In every case, it's really not about the exact catheter or the exact energy or the exact way that you're addressing tissue. It's about making devices that are MR compatible so you can do that same thing inside of an MRI and bring that value that MRI adds. So faster, more efficient and cost-effective data is essentially what you've trying to achieve here for the patients and the professionals in this area, which is fantastic. And I guess what stood out to to me listening to that is you don't really have competitors, which is a huge competitive advantage, you know, from your point. So then I guess the question next really to explore is, so what are the key partnerships that you're looking to expand into? And I guess are those partners asking for new product designs? Because if you're really kind of in the R&D space together and trialing a lot of exciting things with AI, like that would be, I would imagine, a really exciting opportunity and growth for the company. It is, and we do have some some additional partnerships that we're putting together, but we have honestly spent a lot of time on partnerships over the past decade. We are partnered with huge companies like GE Medical Systems and Siemens and Philips. Those are all on the, on the MRI uh, side of things. But we have smaller partners in, in um, who make 12-lead uh, ECG systems and defibrillators and uh, headsets and monitors. All the devices that need to come into this, this lab, we've, we've put... Uh, lots and lots of partnerships together. As we move forward on AI, we're really going to focus a lot on ourselves and on, on building the value that Northstar. And then we do have the opportunity for others who want to do different types of interventional procedures um, to come into the Immercore fold and utilize our uh, mapping system tools for, for their interventions as well. Wow, they are some really big household names. So well done on all the efforts over the last decade, building up the partnerships there. Now, in a moment, we're going to delve even deeper into Immacraw's financials. But first, we're going to take a quick break to hear from our sponsors. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. 
And we are back. Now, we understand you're still very early stage. However, at Talk Money to Me, we like to look at the financials. So could you provide a brief overview of maybe recent financial performance, including revenue growth, or is there any significant financial milestones we need to be looking out for? So we've just started again the the beginning of our commercialization efforts post-pandemic. So we've really just set a baseline now in the first half of 2023 uh, that we expect to report to as we move forward. But we are addressing an $8 billion worldwide market, US $8 billion. It's a it's a big market. And that's just with our ablation uh, devices. As we move to other interventions, it just grows and grows from there. So what we're doing now is in establishing that installed base, um, growing those, those uh, indications, growing those geographies and so forth. Uh, on the other hand, we have been very careful with how we're spending our money. So we've seen, for instance, a 27% reduction in our cash outflows compared to last year, because we recognize this is a this is a difficult time. Um, we want to bring all this value to to the market, uh, but we want to do it in a smart way, and that's that's what we've been doing. So it's really you know everything we can do to get that VT trial started, the FDA trial started, expanding those geographies. Everything else that we would love to do. Uh, additional research projects, additional things for down the road. We're going to wait for a little while and bring these things to fruition first. So the key is really getting the clinical trials underway and then rolling out to all these different geographies, as you explained earlier. So with that in mind, can you kind of break down the forecast of the revenue streams that you are projecting for each of these products as they go to market? So we have two sets of things that we sell, uh, two groups of things. One, we sell some capital equipment pieces, um, and then the second thing is, so that sets up the lab, of course. And then the second thing are the single-use consumable devices that go into each procedure. And in the beginning, it's it's dominated a bit, our revenue, by the capital equipment, because one piece of capital equipment is much more expensive than, than single-use consumables. But as we move forward, uh, clearly the consumable devices will be the things that dominate uh, our revenue. Um, right now, it's just about getting those labs established and starting folks on those procedures. And I'll tell you, that's another reason why VT is, is uh, the, the VT trial is so is such a big inflection point for us because it's the thing that tells all of our customers who are, who are interested in what we're doing, but they're interested for VT and atrial fibrillation, complex ablation procedures. They wanna know that Immercore is gonna make it past just atrial flutter, that we are gonna do what we said we were going to do, which is deliver value of MR to complex ablations. And that will, we believe, catalyze a lot of new movement as well. And we often know that in your space and sector, uh, a lot of companies go down the licensee route. Are you exploring that as well in the future? We haven't at this point yet. Uh, I, I did actually, when, when we were still a private company, I licensed our IP to three implant companies to, to create some non-dilutive uh, revenue for ourselves. And we, we generated $13 million in revenue uh, through those license agreements uh, early on. But... Right now, we're saving all of our interventional space for Immercore. But we'll see what happens as we move forward. There's, there's, a, there's so much open space here that I think there could be some good opportunities in that regard as well. An $8 billion total addressable market is huge, and it really is a key metric we actually look out for when investing. So, Steve, what gross margins are you expecting for the business? Yeah, so right now, of course, because it's early, gross margins isn't quite as meaningful of a metric for us. But... We are targeting what most people in this field target, which is greater than 70% gross mar- margin on those consumable devices. And that comes a couple of ways. One, you know, we, we, we have just come with volume, you know, as, as overhead is or spread over uh, more devices, but also we're taking action today 
to take manufacturing costs out of our devices as we move uh, down the road. Uh, we have one in particular, uh, you know, a single component uh, that, that goes into our catheters. We, uh, we are taking action now that we believe will decrease the cost of our catheters by one half. There are a lot of low-hanging fruit. When you move from prototype device to, to really manufacturing for, for the long term, there's a lot of great stuff that you can do to increase those margins. That's great. That's really good to hear. So I guess at the stage you're at now, it's really prudent to have you know working capital on call because run us through the cost of trial and how this works. You know, being in financial markets, we understand the metrics in your sector, but I would just love to hear, you know, the process of how you go to get an FDA approval and the cost behind that and the timeline, because working capital would be key um, to to keep it rolling with these product launches. Yeah, there's a lot of things that you can do. The FDA trial, for instance, in the United States, um, we're able to, for certain patients, get reimbursed by the government for the um, for the product that goes into that. We can decrease costs of the trial that way. Uh, that's not true in Europe, but um, it is. Uh, there are a lot of things that we can do to, to keep those costs low. It's not like a drug trial where there's thousands of patients and in years and years. The two trials I mentioned, for instance, are less than 100 patients each, and they are you know things that will cost us one to three million dollars. Uh, on the other hand, um, we found we we got a grant approved just uh, last week with a, a one point almost $2 million to, um, to support our atrial flutter trial, the one that for, for FDA approval. And we continue to, to look for all kinds of ways to, um, you know, different ways to, to fund the, the, the company and, and keep the balance sheet uh, healthy. That's great. And do you expect there to be more grants in the future? You know, I founded the company on a grant uh, from our National Institutes of Health. And, <laughs> and yes, we've applied for several grants. We've gotten several over the years. And we will continue to do that, of course. Yeah. Great. And when we're looking at a company, we've obviously looked at all the very positive points, but we like to also, you know, look at potentially any future risks. So are there any risks that, you know, you might not get FDA approval? Is that something that investors should be weary of? Or, or what are your comments around that? Well, you know, medical devices, is a, it's a regulated industry. And there are some rules that are built up over time that don't, in retrospect, often make as much scientific sense as you'd think they should. Uh, an ablation catheter is a lot like uh, a scalpel. It's a tool that a doctor uses, and the doctor will uh, address tissue with that. It'll do various things uh, with that. It can be dangerous if it's used wrong. It can be very helpful if it's used properly. But uh, an ablation catheter, is, in, in, for instance, is designed to sense cardiac electrical activity, to burn when it needs to uh, destroy some cardiac cells that are misfiring. It needs to be maneuverable around the inside of the heart. It needs to be able to pace the heart. If it can do those for atrial flutter, then it can do those for ventricular tachycardia or atrial fibrillation. And if it can do it in Europe, it can do it in the United States. But nonetheless, we have to do a clinical trial for each one of these things. My point is that the risk is, is largely, largely removed. And um, because we've got a proof, we've got an existence proof of, of the efficacy of these devices in our commercial products in Europe. That's what we like to hear when looking for good investable ideas. So thank you so much, Steve, for joining us today. It's been a very interesting chat and I'm very excited to follow the company over the years to come. Oh, thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it. It was, it was a wonderful time. 
What a very interesting conversation with Steve we had today, Candace. Yeah, I really enjoyed learning about it. Look, I've never heard of this company, so this is why it's fantastic that we're doing Uncovered to really delve into these unknown, unloved, hopefully more to be loved in the market. So hope you enjoyed that episode of Imracor. And again, the code, if you're interested in this story to follow it, as we'll be doing, is IMR on the ASX. That's it. And if you want to check out their website for more up-to-date information, you can go to imricor.com to find out more. We really hope you enjoyed this episode. Keep listening because there's going to be more to come. Until next time. See you then. Talk Money to Me is a product of Equity Mates Media. All information in this podcast is for education and entertainment purposes only. Equity Mates gives listeners access to information and educational content provided by a range of financial service professionals. It is not intended as a substitute for professional finance, legal or tax advice. The hosts of Talk Money to Me are not aware of your personal financial circumstances. Equity Mates Media does not operate under an Australian financial services license and relies on the exemption available under the Corporations Act 2001 in respect of any information or advice given. Before making any financial decisions, you should read the product disclosure statement and, if necessary, consult a licensed financial professional. Do not take financial advice from a podcast. For more information, head to the disclaimer page on the Equity Mates website where you can find the ASIC resources and find a registered financial professional near you. In the spirit of reconciliation, Equity Mates Media and the hosts of Talk Money to Me acknowledge the traditional custodians and country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to their elders, past and present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people today.